Turn with me to the book of, let's see what book I am. We're going to start in Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. Amen. Thank God for having my mother and father here with me this morning. Amen. A good surprise, right? Amen. Traveled all the way from Florida on to New Jersey. They're always on a mission, so you never know what they're going to come up with. But I'm always glad to see them and spend time with them. Amen. Exodus chapter 19, we'll start in verse number 3. Amen. When you're there, say amen. 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 Genesis, you switched position on me this morning? I notice everything, Genesis. So I'm just messing with you this morning. Genesis, change your seat this morning. Amen. Whatever that means. I'll tell you all one thing. After Thursday night Bible study, uh, I'm pushing myself to change my routine. I'm pushing myself to change my routine. It's not like I have a bad routine. I just, I just need to see what else is there that I'm missing. And if I keep on doing the same thing every day, every day, the same things, well, maybe I'm just not going to see what's there for me that God is trying to show me. So I'm trying to change up my routine a little bit here and there. So Genesis, you might not have just done that for that reason, but guess what? The Lord might tell you something today differently than he did last week, because maybe last week you didn't hear anything, and this week you might hear something, just because you changed. Amen. Exodus chapter 19, amen, verse number 3. We'll start in verse number 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shall thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. So God is telling Moses, listen up, here's what I want you to tell the children of Israel. Ye have seen... What I did unto the Egyptians. Anybody know what he did to the Egyptians? He destroyed them. They all was drowned. They was trying to destroy the children of Israel. And and the Lord led them to the Red Sea. And collapsed the Red Sea on them. And they all died. God will defend you. Tell your neighbor, God will defend you. He will defend you. And sometimes we take his defense for granted. We don't really realize that we could have been ambushed a long time ago. Something could have overtaken us a long time ago. We could have been dead a long time ago. We don't know these things that God has dethroned and overthrown our enemies, adversaries. God will take care of us. And so while sometimes we're taking him for granted, like, what is he doing? It's easy to say, what is he doing? Because he's not doing what you want. Can I tell you this? That if we, if God starts doing what we wanted, then he will no longer be God. God does what he does because he's God. We just need to figure out what he is doing and just go in line with that. But if all we're going to do is say, God, will you do this? Will you do that? Then who is God? Just thought I'd throw that out. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Taking my time, because I want you to hear that. He says, I delivered you, I I defended you from your enemies and brought you to myself. So when you come to God, who do you come to God for? I only got one. When we come to God, we go to God for God. We don't go to God for ourselves anymore. That's the struggle. God said, when I bring you out of where you were, how your enemies was taking advantage of you and they were doing you any kind of way and you was in bondage and you felt overwhelmed and you couldn't get out of your circumstance and you were just being dominated by sin. He says, you were there, but I brought you out. Not so you can do whatever you want, but to me. That's heavy. I know we don't like that. Because we just want to do what we want. God says, I brought you unto me. Verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my, somebody say, covenant. covenant. 
Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Alright, so let's take our time again. So now you was upset because God says, I brought you out. So you was glad for him bringing you out, but you mad because now God says, I brought you unto myself. So we always mad. I don't want to just be controlled by God. So you was mad about that. But God says, I didn't bring you to myself to control you. I brought you to me to make you a peculiar treasure. Still unto him. And that will be above all people. So when you come to God, you become a peculiar treasure unto God. And the, those that are not brought unto God, they're not peculiar treasure. Now, we don't go around and telling people that. Please don't tell anybody that. I'm just telling you who are trying to be as godly as you can. When you come to God and you get into covenant with God, you become a peculiar treasure. You become special. And people that are not, that don't come unto God, to God, not to us, that's not our business, to God, they're not special. He loves them, but they're not special to him. He loves them and hope they will come unto him, but they're not special. But those that get into covenant with God become special people. Verse 6, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom. Remember that word from last week? A kingdom of priests. Oh my Lord. Not only are we going to be peculiar treasures, but we're going to be priests. Women and men, you're priests. Oh Lord. So when he brought us unto himself, it's, it's going to be some good stuff that we're going to receive and be experiencing. Priests. And guess what? A holy nation. That word that's like a curse word in, 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 in living for God. When, when I say holy, people just cringe. Alright. <laughs> These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. That's what God told Moses. Somebody say, that's what God told Moses. God told Moses. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse number 31. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse number 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. Hmm, Lord, I thought you made a covenant back then in Exodus. I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it upon their hearts. And while, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You may be seated. Today, I want to talk to you on this topic. Called into covenant. Called into covenant. Throughout the Bible, the Lord initiated covenant relationship. This relationship is assured by God's integrity, truthfulness, and uprightness. Those, those are very important, three very important words to ponder here. That when God called you into covenant relationship with him, that he's assuring you of his integrity. That means he can't lie. His integrity of truthfulness. His integrity of uprightness. Here's the caveat to that. We have to have some integrity too. Because we're joining with him in a covenant. And so, not only did he call us into covenant relationship but he says I am going to assure this relationship because I'm a man of truthfulness I'm a man of integrity uprightness and I will guarantee this covenant relationship by my name pay attention to that as I go through the word of the Lord today when God calls us into covenant his integrity assure us that he will not break the covenant 
But also what he does when he calls us in the covenant is he pronounces his name over us as a way of saying, you are mine. You got to remember, this guarantee by his name is special since his name is the stamp of approval for petitions and prayers we make known unto God. So the name of God is very important because as we begin to pray, as we begin to ask God for whatever we will ask God, we will get the seal. We have to put the seal of approval on it. We have to put the stamp on it for it to be a real petition, a real request. If you're praying and asking God for something and you don't put the name of God in that petition, in that prayer, then it's not official. It's not an official document. It's not an official prayer. It's not an official petition. It was the children of Israel who experienced God's placing his name upon them. An oral invocation that was more than one time renewed. It was renewed continually once he pronounced his name over them. It was in the book of Exodus that God called Israel into covenant, delivering them from the Egyptian bondage. He proclaimed, I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Then he assured them that if you will indeed, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. Anybody want to be a special treasure this morning? I can't worry about anybody else and I want everybody in this world to be a special treasure to God. But God is trying to let us know this morning that until we enter into a bona fide covenant with Him, we are not considered a special people. We're considered a people that God loves. But until you enter into covenant with God, you're just like everybody else. But when you enter into a covenant relationship with the Almighty God, you become a Special individual. I didn't say that. The word of God said that. What is a covenant by the way? A covenant is an agreement between two people. Or two groups of people. And it involves promises on the part of each to the other. So a covenant is an agreement. It's an agreement between two people or two groups of people that involve promises on the part of each to the other. So here you see when you enter into covenant, God is not the only one that is responsible to execute any kind of action. God will execute action and we also that enter into covenant with God has to execute action. And so I'm I want you to understand this this morning that if we just come to God and do nothing, we're not truly in covenant with God. And that's where we're making a mistake, Tony. We want God to do things that God says, how can I do it when I entered into a covenant with you and now I'm doing my part because I'm full of integrity and truthfulness and uprightness. I've been executing my part, but now I need you to step up and do something. It's not for you just to just sit back and say, God loves me and he knows my heart. It's for you to say, okay, I understand how this covenant business works. So I will do my part Amen. in this covenant. And that doesn't mean I just chill and let God do all the work. The concept of covenant between God and his people is one of the most important theological truth of the Bible. A covenant in the biblical sense implies much more than a contract or a simple agreement. A contract always has an end date, while a covenant is a permanent arrangement. Another difference is that, that a covenant is different from a contract. A contract generally involves one part of a person, such as his skills or ability, while a covenant covers a person's total being. 
When God says I'm going in covenant, I want to be in covenant with you. He is saying I want all of you because I'm putting all of me into this. And so we got to realize the kind of God that we, we want to know and serve. He is saying, I'm giving you all of me because I want all of you. And that's a challenge for all of us in relationship. Relationship don't mean you give what you want. But relationship means you give everything you are in a covenant to give. You can't hold back and say, I'm only giving this. God is not accepting what you want to give because God is already giving everything. I'll do this, but that's just too much. What's too much for you to give God? Tony, I know you said nothing, and I agree with you, but does our life say that? Does our life say, oh God, there's nothing too much for you? What do you want? Because you will have everything you want from me. My whole being belongs to you. All my ways belongs to you. You can interrupt my day anytime you want. You can interrupt my church service anytime you want to. You can interrupt my life anytime you want to. Because it's not just for me. But this life is all, it all belongs to you. And I can say that with confidence and assurity because God has done the same for me. So it's not like he's the great big God sitting on the throne and he's saying, well, I'm God, so you give me everything but me. I don't have to do that. No, that's not how God does it. He's God and he gives everything. Our total being is what God is asking for when we enter into covenant with him. Not some of us, not part of us, not just on Sundays, not just on Thursdays. God wants your entire life, your being, everything about you. God wants it because he's saying, I gave everything for you too. Did you know this? The Ten Commandments form the heart of the special covenant between God and his people. We read the Ten Commandments and just thought it was the commandments, but in actuality, it was God's agreement with his people. And so when he delivered them out of Egypt, when he delivered them out of sin, when he delivered them from worshiping false gods and delivered them from worshiping idols, when he brought them out of Egypt, he says, now that you're out of there, I need for you to understand the kind of life you need to now live. So the the commandments was not just do's and don'ts. The commandments was a lifestyle that God wanted to establish among his people. And so we today, when God pull us out of the sins that we were involved with, and when God pull us out of a place of not knowing him, he pulled us towards him. And now he wants to establish covenant with us so we will know how to live a life that is pleasing and free from sin and free from worshiping idols and free from all the ungodly ways we used to have. But the only way we can do that is understanding covenant. The only way we can do that is by honoring the covenant that God brings us into with him. We think these commandments is do's and don'ts for God to control you. But what God is saying, if you don't establish this covenant with me, you're going to go back from where I brought you. Uh, uh. I don't want you to try this because I've watched it with my own eyes. But you come to church, you feel the presence of God, the word of God is being preached, and you say, that's true, that's true, yeah, yeah. And then you decide, I'm going to obey that and begin to do that. And you, guess what? You repent of your sins, you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, God fills you with his spirit, and now you start to live good and start doing everything that God established for you to do in covenant. And all of a sudden you decide, I don't feel like doing that no more. That's just too much. All of a sudden you start picking and choosing what you will do because that's just too much. Just take your time and watch and see if you're not going to find yourself doing the things you used to do that you thought you was never going to do anymore when God brought you out. 
And so we get frustrated with God and say, God, why couldn't? No, you're in a covenant relationship. And we've got to get accustomed to what a relationship means. It's not all what you want. A relationship is back and forth. What you want and what I want. We have to give everything to do right by the covenant. The people of the world, especially nowadays, don't understand relationship. I always tell my wife, I mess with her, she don't, she, she, I mess with her, and she be trying to figure it out, but she don't, she can't figure it out. I will do things my wife asked me to do that I don't want to do, and she won't know. I didn't want to do it. Oh, every, every man knows. Your wife gonna ask you something, I don't want to do that. And there are things that she asked me to do that I'm saying that in my mind, Teddy. I don't want to do that, but she will never know. I do it like, oh man, I like this. I make it seem like I like it more than her. She's like, what in the world? Thinking that, and then she thinks that's what I like. No, in my mind, I don't like that. But I understand relationship. And what I know is if that makes her happy and me doing it is going to make her happy, then let's do it. And let, but, but, but you can't do it and be just moping doing it because she would rather you just not even do it at all. We be trying to do things to honor our commitment, but we're doing it with long face and we're doing it with poor attitudes. We might as well not do it. So if you're going to do it, do it with a right attitude. Do it with a right spirit. Do it like you enjoy it, even if you don't enjoy it. That's the kind of relationship we need to enter into with God. You know what I like about God? Since he's all knowing. He's all knowing. Let me give you a trick, a little insight on God. So you come to church. I'm just going because, you know, it's Sunday. What else am I going to do Sunday morning? My neighbors know I go to church. And if I stay home, somebody's going to be saying, why is she staying home today and all this stuff? So I'm just going to go to church so it look good and keep my routine. But I don't feel like doing anything. And he better not be saying stuff to try to get me to stand and get me to worship. I don't, I'm not into that today. I'm, I'm just, no, no, no. That's, that's mine. God knows that because God reads mine. He's the only one that reads mine. Devil can't read your mind. And so you come in like that. But here is what God respects and appreciate. You come in and that's what you thought. But then you just start saying, no, I'm going to worship you, God. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to worship you because you're God. No, I don't feel like praise you, but I'm going to praise you because you're God. God smiles on you for that. And he appreciates that because what you're saying is, I didn't feel like it today because I'm walking in this flesh. And this flesh is weary sometimes. And this flesh wear me out sometimes. And the cares of life wear me out sometimes. But I'm not going to let that stop me from praising you. And because of that, God says, my God, that is my boy right there. That is my son right there. He didn't feel like worshiping me today, but he did it anyhow. He didn't feel like praising me today, but he did anyhow. And because of that, I'm going to encourage him. Because of that, I'm going to do something special for him. Because he pushed forth for me, I'm going to push forth for him. That's what made God so amazing. He knew you just didn't want to worship him. He's not mad at you. He knows the cares of life get the best of us sometimes. He knows we get weary and tired sometimes. But what he respects and appreciates is when you push through, even though that's what you're going through. It's just like this. This is Bible. Not out the Bible. I stay in the Bible, as you know. There are things that come into your mind. Wrong things. Sinful things. That come into your mind. And you want to do it. But if you can just hold on and say, God, I'm calling on your name. I know this is wrong and my flesh is pulling me this direction, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch me right now and don't allow me to go in that way. And I'm going to hold on and I'm going to do what's right. My God, you know what that do for God? That gets him all just riled up. Look, oh, come on. You know why? Because when he was here in the flesh, in the garden, he felt that way. When he was in the Garden of Eden, a Garden of Gethsemane praying, and he realized the agony that he had to go through to die for our sins, he said, man, let this cup pass because I can't deal with this. But 
somehow he found it deep down in him to say, but I have to do your will. So you know what? As much as I don't want to do this anymore, I'm going to push through and just accept it. It's okay to feel the strain of saying, I don't want to do this. This is hard. But God will honor you and he will reward you and he will bless you. That when you come to those places of challenge and struggle and it's hard and you're saying, I can't do it. But you just find something deep down to get it done. God will just touch you in a special way and say, that's it right there. That's it right there. Don't let sin conquer you. Don't let this world conquer you because I've called you more than conquerors. You have the strength. You have the fortitude. And you have the passion and the will to overcome it. You just got to push through. Called into covenant. It's not easy for anybody. If If you listen to me for the past few weeks, I've been telling you that it's hard to live for God When you first start out. But if you keep on trying. You keep on pushing. You keep on doing what you're supposed to. It will become easier. So you don't make decisions while it's hard. Because it's hard because you haven't been doing it a long time. It's hard because you wasn't doing it for a long time. But as soon as you just keep on. You just got to keep going. And sooner or later, this becomes easier and easier. What's happening is the people of God are quitting before it becomes easier to them. You're giving up before it becomes easier. You're getting weary before it becomes easier. You want to stop going to church, the first hard thing that happens. You want to stop coming to Bible study, the first hard thing that happens. And you just getting there. You're just building up some, some stamina. You're just, you're just building up some endurance. And that's what's going on. Build up your endurance. So when these things come later on, you can say, devil, you better go and get behind me because I've got some stamina. I've got some endurance and I'm not quitting. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what seem like I'm not quitting I'm not giving up I'm going to serve the Lord all the days of my life and dwell in the house of the Lord forever because God is able to see me through what are we going to quit and do anyway come on and ask yourself that if you break the covenant with God what are you going to do instead You got a good answer? (laughs) Oh, God. We don't have a choice, Lord. I like how God set us up. He gave us a choice, but in actuality, we don't have a choice. When you come to know the Lord for yourself, you realize, yes, he has given us the, 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 the choice. Give us a, a reasoning fact inside of us to make choices. But really, once you come to know him, there's no choice to make. There's only one. Amen. <laughs> there's no other choice. Just do what he says do, and you'll be all right. So the Ten Commandments was not do's and don'ts. It wasn't given to Moses to give to the people at that time to to tell them what you shouldn't do. Don't do this and don't. No, it was part of the covenant. It's a lifestyle. It's a relationship that God is establishing with us. So we know that God will give his credential. When when he decided to bring us into covenant, he gave them credentials. He gave them his credentials. This is what God did when he brought them into covenant with him. He made sure he... Let's us know I'm worthy of bringing you into covenant with me. And so he gives his credential, his accomplishment, and, and he spoke his name over them. So that's what he did when he established his covenant with, with the children of Israel. He let them know, listen, you know I brought you out. I was the one that brought you out. I was the one that destroyed your enemy, those Egyptians. I shut up the Red Sea on them. And I brought you out on eagle's wings and look at you now. I did that. You want to roll with me? You want to come with me? Then he let them know, listen, in order for you to be mine, my name has to be pronounced over you. Mm-hmm. The name is very important. The name seals the covenant by agreeing to the term. So when, 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 when the name of the Lord is used, it's, it's, it's what sealed the covenant. The people 
would eventually break that covenant that God established with them back in Exodus. They broke the covenant. But God did not destroy them, which is what he was supposed to. Because covenant, when you break covenant, remember, remember, don't, don't lose me. Remember, I said, a covenant requires your whole being. So when you break the covenant, you're supposed to lose your whole being. So when they broke covenant with God, they were supposed to die. But they didn't. Why didn't they die? Anybody want to tell me why didn't they die? Because there's clear scripture that tell us why they didn't die. Here's why they didn't die. Pastor Moses interceded on their behalf. Loosen up my tie on that one. Let me tell you something. This is very important. You've heard me say this and I'm going to say it again this morning. You need a pastor in your life. And don't you make a mistake about that. Here's one of the reasons why you need a pastor in your life. You get tired of praying for you. Your brothers and sisters get tired of praying for you. I keep praying and they ain't doing nothing. They're not changing. And so you forget about them for a while and so you stop praying. You get frustrated with your own self and you're like, man, I'm tired of going to God with the same old, same old because he's not doing anything anyway. Guess who can't get tired of praying for you? Because that's, that's, if he stop, God will... <laughs> Oh, God. When God tell the pastor, I want you to pray and start showing your names and faces, he better pray. He don't have a choice. He have to, he have to begin to pray for you. That's what he agreed to when him and God went into covenant about him being a pastor. So let him break that covenant and see what God's going to break in him. So I have to pray for you. And I can't stop praying for you. So I'm going to intercede for you. And as soon as something goes wrong in your life, trust me, I'm probably the first one standing up. I start praying. As soon as I hear anything about any one of you, I have to pray. And even when I don't hear anything, I have to pray. Find yourself a pastor that will pray for you, whether he felt like it or he didn't feel like it. Whether he wanted to wake up early or not. Whether he wanted to be interrupted or not. He better pray because God put him in in between the V1 to pray on your behalf. Find one and says, you my pastor. Listen to me. The pastor only can be your pastor when you come into agreement with him. You can't just show up at church and say, well, I'll go to church. You can go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and do that. But I'm just telling you, you need a covering. And your pastor covers you. That's what Moses did for the children of Israel. And you want me to tell you how serious it is? And when Moses didn't want to do that job anymore, what do you think God did with him? We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Moses was like 120 to 130 years old when he died. And the scripture says he was not, his eyes was not dim and his natural force was not abated. It means he still, he was still strong and he still could see at 120, 130. And God says, doesn't matter, dude, you coming home. Why? Because he stopped interceding. He started complaining about the people instead of talking to God about them. Well, that's what happened to him. He started he talking, he start talking about, God, they getting on my nerves. Every time I turn around, they just ask him for this, ask him for that. That's what you signed up for, Moses. And so that's what you got to do. It doesn't matter. They, God died for them. They, these are God's people. And so all you need to do is make sure you have their best interests at hand at all times, Moses. Let me worry about them. They're not your people. You just have the best interests. So your pastor must pray for you. And I pray for every one of you in this church. But make sure you understand, you understand the role of your pastor and you submit to your pastor. I don't say this for any, because listen, the way how I am, talk to you real quick, Teddy. They can listen in, but let me talk to you. The way how I am, I don't want to be responsible to nobody. No, I don't know. No, I don't want to know. Just let me be responsible for my kids and my wife. I'm good. I don't want to be responsible for nobody. 
And even when the kids get old enough, I'm trying to tell them, try learn from me. Did you see what I did? Just try to learn from that. But I don't want to be responsible. So that for God to make you a pastor, make you responsible to, to petitioning the will of God for people's life and to care for people and make sure you're always concerned about them, that's just not what I would have chosen myself. That's just too much. I just want my own life. I got a baby girl that loved me to death and she always want to be on my leg. Let me just worry about her. Because all the three boys, they're going to be fine. But the baby girl, she needs me. That's what I would choose for me. But when the Lord says, this is the covenant, this is what I'm asking you to do, that's out the door. I got to stand in the gap for you. And I call, the, I call out y'all names all the time. All the time. And, and, and you see how you sit, you, sit, sit, you, see how you sit right now? That's how I start praying. Start thinking about over here, Suzette and Tanya. I'm praying, okay, okay, I got the people, Sam and ID and Rose and Tanya. I'm going there, then I come over here and I was Angela, Tony, and you know, I, I, I don't pray for you over here. You be, when I pray, I, I, my mind is you over here. <laughs> but that's how I do, that's how I pray. If you all change seats up on me, oh boy, I might struggle. But change seat up anyway. <laughs> but I picture your faces as I'm praying, I'm calling your name to the Lord. it's important it's important Moses intercede when the people broke the covenant and say God have mercy on them you know that's something that I don't know if people realize but I I, I realize Job did it and Moses did it and so I tried anyhow I said Lord forgive them for their sins now we need to usually repent on our own but I still ask God to forgive you of your sin. But you still got to repent on your own. I'm always saying, God, be merciful to them and forgive them of their sins. But you got to still ask God that on your own. But I still pray that because Job, Job, Job prayed that for his kids and Moses prayed that for the children of Israel. So I'm copying them because they were men of God. Why do we have trouble keeping the covenant? Why do we have trouble keeping the covenant? When, when they broke the covenant, when Moses intercede on their behalf, You know what God did? God renewed the covenant with Moses as a representative for the children of Israel. So what that means is your pastor, no matter what you're doing or not doing, your pastor can go to God and says, God, I know they're struggling in this area. I know this is not working out, but Lord, just just have mercy upon them. Be merciful to them. Will you give them just some more time to, to get the understanding, Lord? What can I do, Lord, to speak some wisdom into their life? Give them some more time, Lord. Be merciful, Lord God. Don't judge them right now, Lord. Just be merciful to them. That's what Moses did for the children of Israel. And when he did that, God responded and granted that. So in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 and 7, you will see that whole text talked about when God renewed the covenant of, of the covenant with the children of Israel because Moses interceded. Names are important. Tell your neighbor names are important. Even though today we have largely forgotten how important names are in terms of their symbolic power. We understand enough that names are important. So when God pronounces name over us when we enter into covenant with him, that's very important. We can understand the power of the name when we see it in action. Don't you underestimate the power of God's name? Listen to this. It only takes the signature of a judge on a court order that that document has unique power. We need an arrest warrant. Can't get one until the judge sign it. We need to shut down that construction site. Can't get it until the judge sign it. And so a judge signature determines what will and what won't happen. So names are important. As good as the old covenant was in the Old Testament, God offered an incredible prophecy in Jeremiah 31, verse 31. God pronounced that when he called the children of Israel from Egypt into covenant with him, they did not keep his covenant faithfully. So God promised to make a new covenant with Israel by extension with the church as well. So the covenant now, after they broke it, the covenant now... 
is with Israel and eventually the church. You all, us, all of us today. That's the covenant that God reestablished. So here is the thing. God is not trying to change his word because God don't change. But how the covenant is executed is what's going to change. And so God says we need to do something different here. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, say the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's Jeremiah 31, 33. The old covenant was etched out of stone, but the stones can be broken and they were. And such laws can be reduced to mechanical following. See, the, the, the Ten Commandments became a mechanical thing for us. We just wanted to do that. Can I tell you today, this is why I've been saying this for years. You can't live for God on do's and don'ts. I can do this, but I can't do that. Adam and Eve tried that, and they failed right away. That's where it started. They started the do's and don'ts, as opposed to focus on relationship. Living for God is about a relationship. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's not about what you will do or what you not do. And so many people have entered into the kingdom of God through being born again. And that's how you're kind of treating your covenant with God. Do's and don'ts. God is not interested in do's and don'ts. That's mechanical. And God is not mechanical. God is a spiritual being. And if we're going to have relationship with God, we have to be spiritual. We have to relate to him in a spiritual way. Not do's and don'ts. So when you wake up today and says, all right, I got to make sure I don't curse. I got to make sure I don't do this. That's not what God is after. That's not God. You are after that because all you trying to do is get to heaven. And, and God says, why are you worrying about heaven? Just worry about your relationship with me because whatever relationship you have with me, if it's good, you're going to heaven. So why do we need to focus on heaven? We don't need to focus on heaven. We need to focus on our relationship with God. Relationship is hard. And that's maybe why we don't, we don't work at relationship. Relationship is hard. Now the easiest person to have a relationship with is God. Maybe, maybe that didn't. The easiest person to have a relationship with is God. Why? Because he doesn't change. Brothers, one minute, you think this is what your wife is good with. Next minute, no, 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 no. Your kids, you try to, you know, deal with them a certain way and some, after a while this worked, but they get a little older now, that kind of punishment don't work. People change. And what they used to want, they don't want anymore. So it's hard to have relationship with people. But God never changes. He will always be the same way. So what's so hard about dealing with somebody that's always the same way that never changes? That's a lot easier to do than deal with somebody up and down, side and back. So it's easier to have a relationship with God than people. Only about four bought into that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know. I'll, I'll, I'll let you slide. And so, God says he will give us a new covenant. He's not going to change his word. But the way out of covenant is executed is what God was after. God didn't want us to be mechanical and be a robot. God's covenant relationship goes beyond just mechanicalism. God's, God's covenant relationship goes beyond gender and people. It started out with the Jews, but God has extended that to Gentiles and Samaritans. He has extended that to the church. And so God is about relationship. And the sooner we embrace relationship. Oh boy, y'all checking out on me. Okay. Amos chapter 9 verse 12 made this incredible proclamation. He prophesied of the time when the Gentiles would be called by God's name. 
The new covenant was initiated by the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's how the New Testament was ushered in. Just as Jehovah invoking his name in the Old Testament was a performative utterance, the speaking of his name is inseparable from the initiating of a covenant. You can't go into covenant with God without his name being spoken over you. So speaking the name of Jesus in covenant initiation is the same as speaking the name of God, Jehovah. It is God's saving name. Jesus is God's saving name. Somebody say that. Jesus is God's saving name. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, Oh, whereby we must be saved. It is only by the name of Jesus being spoken over you can you ever enter into covenant with God. And so a lot of people have wondered why we got to get baptized and why it has to be in the name of Jesus because that's the way you enter into covenant with God. That's the way you enter into a bona fide relationship with God. It has to be through repentance, through baptism, through the name of Jesus being spoken over you and God filling you with his spirit. That's how you enter into covenant. But as we know, covenant is an ongoing relationship. It's not just the born again experience. And so today, I'm here to tell you this. If you have never entered into covenant with God, you need to enter into covenant with him. The way how you enter into covenant with him is repent of your sins. The way how you enter into covenant with him, once you repent into you repent of your sins, you get baptized, submerged in water for the remission of sins. God remove your sins. But that's when the preacher that's baptized you has to say, I baptize you in the name. That's <laughs> now you see why it's important to speak the name Genesis over someone because it's a covenant thing. It's not just, oh, we just say some words. No, that's how you enter into real covenant with God. The name has to be spoken. And that's something that God has done since the Old Testament. And God don't change. And so if he did it in the old, he's going to do it in some other way in the new. But he's not going to change his principles. His principles remain the same. And so you got to speak that name of Jesus over people's life. And then you baptize them. And then they get filled with the gift of God's spirit. And from that point on, they are in covenant relationship. It don't mean that you can do whatever you want now. It means you are in a relationship with God. You have made a covenant. And from that point on, the way how you live your life must be in accordance with that covenant. We just don't come to church and say we come to church and say we went to church today to do our thing. We are supposed to be covenant people. Tell your neighbor you're a covenant person. You are supposed to be in covenant with God. And if you're not in covenant in God, here's the good news. He's calling you into covenant. He's saying, did not show you enough to let you know I'm God and I'm the best one you can be in any covenant relationship with. Listen. You, you have covenant relationship with your brothers and your sisters and your mothers and your father. You are in covenant relationship with your family or even with friends. But God is saying, are they better than me? Are they more superior than me? Can they take care of you better than me? Can they save you? I'm the one that can do those things. Will you come and enter into covenant with me? Because I will take good care of you. I will watch over you. And I will make you a special people. And I will bless you. And I will be the one to make your name great. I will make you famous. I will be the one to do things in your life. I try to tell my oldest son this for the longest. I don't know what's taking him so long to buy into this. The desires that I had in my heart when I was not saved, when I was not in covenant with God. Listen to this. I had desires for myself. What I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, and I had those desires for myself, Tony, when I wasn't living for God. When I entered into covenant with God and I just gave everything, all of my desires, all of my aspirations, all of my goals, I exceeded them. 
I can die right now and be all right. Because I have exceeded all the goals that I had. All the desires and aspirations I had when I was growing up, I've exceeded them right now. Right now, as I stand, I've exceeded them. So it's in God that it all happened. So stop trying to dance around God and trying to think you can do it better without... Oh, God, help me. Tony, it gets done better with Jesus. It happened better with Jesus. Somehow we're trying to skirt around God and say, I got this and I know what to do. And God is saying, go ahead and let me see how good you are. It reminds me of when uh, Elijah was on the mountain of Mount Carmel and then all the other false prophets was there. And as they were there, Elijah said, if your God be God, let him consume this thing with fire. And if my God be God, he will consume this with fire. And Elijah told him, now go ahead and call on your God. And Elijah sat there and says, they started chanting and chanting and chanting, wanting fire to come down from heaven. And they chanting, nothing was happening. They get to the point where they start cutting themselves. Oh, they calling on their God. Nothing was happening, Tony. All Elijah said was, God of heaven, Jehovah. And as he said it, the fire came down, whoosh, and burned everything up. And God showed that he was God. We can't do it without him. And every time we try to do it without him, we are going to get into a roadblock. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is God. And he wants to help us. And he wants to put us in a special place with him. He is God. You can't make it without Him. You can't do it without Him. You can't prosper like you want to without Him. Why we got to learn the hard way? Why are we trying to do it our way? Why are we trying to live the way we want? Why are we banging our head against the wall trying to come up with ideas? Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? God is asking us this morning, why are you doing it your way? Why are you trying to do it without me? Why are you not giving your whole being unto me when you're entering covenant with me? We want to go in covenant. But we don't want to do what the covenant said we must do. God wants to know why. God wants to know why today. Are you going to make that decision today to really begin to do your part in the covenant? Don't waste your time anymore. Stop losing your mind and stop trying to let the the, the devil pull you in. Somebody need to talk to the Lord right now. Somebody need to talk to the Lord right now. You don't want to walk out of here today and keep doing it your way. When God had me preach like this, it means that somebody's in trouble. And they don't have much of a rope left. <laughs> oh, God of heaven. <laughs> Somebody's in trouble in this place this morning. Somebody is at a place where they might be in a whole lot of trouble. And God is trying to tell you, you can't do it on your own. You have to seek God. You have to seek the men of God. I'm going to tell you this morning, God says, if you can't find him, then you go to the men of God he has put in your life. And you tell the men of God, for when the men of God pray and stand in the gap for you, I will hear his voice and I will do it, not because of the man of God, but because of my covenant. I placed him there and I have anointed him and he will speak as I tell him to speak. Somebody, you need to get it right today. You need to grab a hold of Jesus and say, God, I no longer want to do it my way. I will not do it my way any longer, but I will do it the way you want me to. It may be challenging. It may be hard at first, but if that's what you want, Lord, I'm going to do it. I have no other choice. I have no hope. I can't do it on my own. I can't make it without you, Lord. Will somebody tell that to the Lord today? 
Will somebody tell that to the Lord today? Will somebody surrender to God today? Will somebody allow God to set you free today? Will somebody allow God to carry you out of the sin that you're in? Will somebody do the right thing today and trust and obey God and no longer do whatsoever you want? Will you stand? Will you stand? Will you stand? God called you into covenant. God called you into covenant. Oh, are you just going to give God an hour and a half on Sunday mornings when he called you into a lifestyle of covenant? Are you just going to pray your your, your little prayers in the morning when you pray or in the evening? Oh, God called you into covenant. God wants a covenant relationship. He wants your whole being. And if you have not entered into covenant with God, today is your day to enter into covenant. He will pronounce his name over you. You will be baptized and all your sins will be removed. God will fill you with His Spirit and His presence will overshadow you. But you must make up in your mind today that you will enter into covenant with the Almighty God. Oh, God, help us today. Father, move on us today. Oh, somebody respond to God today. Will you just call on his name and say, God, I need you. I need you, almighty God. Oh, God, somebody just say, no longer can I just casually go about who I am. I am a child of God. I am the sons. I am the son of the king. And I will lead my life according to the covenant that I've entered in with you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Acts chapter seven, chapter 15 verse 17 says that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called. He said, Gentiles, I know I started out with the Jews. I know I even went to the Samaritans. But I'm telling you, you was always on my heart and on my mind. And I've established my covenant with you. My name will be pronounced over you And you will have my name Will you come into covenant with me The holy God Creator of this world and cosmos He wants to be in relationship With you He wants to protect you and keep you He wants to do a work in you That you've never experienced Father will you touch your people today Father will you help them today to see differently Than they've ever seen before Will you move on them to a point Where they will bow their knees today and cry out to you today that they will make a commitment today to say God wherever you lead me I will follow whatever you tell me I will obey will somebody today hear what the spirit is saying unto them your life is in the hand of God if you want it to be and God wants to lead you to a place. God wants to take you to a place. God wants to change some things around in your life. Hear what the Spirit is saying to you right now. God wants to make your life better than it's ever been. God wants to use you as an example. God wants to use you as the glue. God wants to use you to lead people towards Him. God wants to use you to change your family's direction. There are families that's going in the wrong direction. There are families that's out of order. But God says, I want to use you to bring your family structure in order. You can't do it on your own and nobody else can do it. But I, your God, the creator of everything, I can do it. But you must start by coming to me and enter into covenant with me. And I will align you and then your family will be aligned with me. Will you hear the voice of God today and obey him? God wants blessing to flow in your home. But it's when you enter into covenant and live in that covenant with God Father in the name of Jesus oh God will you do your work Lord God I asked you today Lord God I asked you yesterday for today that you will change some hearts and minds today that Lord God there will be a supernatural change that will take place on the inside for you said Lord God you have put your covenant on the inside on the inner part Lord God no longer are the covenant written on stones that became broken but the covenant now is within us the Holy Spirit that is in us 
us will now guide us. The Holy Spirit that's within us will now lead us. And I'm here to tell you today, God says you've been ignoring him. God says you have not entreated him. But today he has come to say, I have mercy upon you. I will have mercy upon you. If you will entreat me, I will lead you to a place of peace. I will lead you to a place of rest. I will lead you to a place of deliverance and protection. I will lead you to a place of peace and faithfulness. God wants to lead you to a place where you no longer will have to worry about the things you're worrying about. For when you get into God's presence, you will know there's no need to worry about anything else. There's no need to look for anything else. There's no need for the presence of the Lord. All will bring peace. The presence of the Lord will change situations. The presence of the Lord will cause you to see as you need to see. And so today, somebody, will you let God have his way? Will you entreat him? Will you just worship him? Will you just praise him? Will you acknowledge him? Will you let him know that you want him and you want to be in relationship with him? God wants to change some direction. God wants to change some life and some heart. Will you let him today in the name of Jesus? First Peter chapter two verse nine says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
when you enter into covenant with him, now in the New Testament, he says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people. And because you are that, you should show forth the praises of God to him that called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Will somebody show some praise unto the Lord today? Will somebody show some praise unto the Lord today? Thank him for calling you into covenant. Thank him for establishing his covenant. Thank him for the opportunity to live in the covenant and have a covenant relationship with him. Will you stand, Father? We appreciate your kindness. Lord, I pray for each and every person in this room today that, Lord, we don't wait for something drastic to happen before we change and take up our part of the covenant and execute it. Lord, I pray that just your little nudge today, just your your, your instruction today will be enough for me and for each and every one of us to live in this covenant relationship with you. That, Lord God, we will not make it a burden, but it will be just a glorious and fruitful relationship, Lord God. I pray today that every heart in this place that receive your word, oh God, will allow it to transform them. And that, Lord God, we will determine, make a decision today. I will, I will enter into covenant with God. I will do my part in the covenant. Father, bless us as we go. Bless our homes, our children, grandchildren. Bless this church, Lord. Let your will be done and raise us up to truly be the people